0: Who is wise? The one who learns from others. Welcome to Soul Sessions with KK. This is a podcast where long-form conversation allows us to connect with those who inspire us beyond small talk and social media posts we're bombarded with on a daily basis. Join me on a journey where I speak to people from all backgrounds with different perspectives, each sharing their stories, struggles, and successes. Be a part of a community where you connect to something greater than yourself. I'm your host, Karen Corin, and welcome to Soul Sessions with KK. Welcome to another episode of Soul Sessions with KK. I don't have a voice. Again. What else is new? <laughs> what else is new? Yeah. But I'm here with the hubster, Ben Corin. Uh, you guys gave great feedback last time he was on, and I thought why not let's have him on again especially since he's having a podcast of his own shameless plug (laughs) yeah
1: well um i know it's very hard to book me
0: but uh, (laughs) very i have to beg and beg for you to be on
1: well um put you in the calendar yeah i mean i'm going to talk about my podcast but i first want to just you know talk about what's going on in the world um well first
0: of all happy fourth of july
1: yes happy fourth of july um we kind of didn't do much. We were yeah. home and we're pretty being, much eating yeah, chicken,
0: grilled chicken, and hamburgers. Yeah. We all had, there. we didn't
1: watch the fireworks the first time in a long time. Uh, we we heard, heard awesome. the fireworks. Yeah. We're
0: still hearing the fireworks, even though it's July fifth now.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, I we were discussing how we feel like it's just not there's just not that feeling of uh, patriotism anymore. Yeah. Um. It's sad, you know. Unfortunately. Everything is kind of crazy these days.
0: Topsy-turvy. It's yeah. just like.
1: And as Jews, I feel like even Jews are feeling like less patriotic. Not because of what this country stands for, because obviously what this country was this. What's originally was, stood for? Yeah, it stood for you know Judeo-Christian values and all that, and religious freedom and freedom of speech and all that, and we see all that under attack right now. Um, I don't want to make this a political show because that's not really like what I, I'm. I'm burnt out from all this stuff, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I just I just feel like um, with the rise of anti-Semitism, it's, we're we're really the most um, hated group hated in the world. <laughs> really, in, in the world, that's not that's nothing new, but you know we see it right now in America, and you feel it in in New York, you know, unfortunately. Uh it's kind of scary. I'm not going to lie. But um, you know, Jews have been through this for centuries and we're just, you know, kind of we're kind of used to it, so
0: Ben, do uh, you feel like America is ever going to reach the point of other countries that Jews fled from or do you feel like this will always be the home of the brave and the free?
1: Um I would think, I would like to think that it you know, we, that wouldn't happen, but I'm sure our ancestors who came from Iran are your parents. And your you know, parents also. My from... parents were not from Iran, but they're from, origin, they're originated from, I guess, from uh, their grandparents were Iranian, but they were from Israel. But, you know, your, your dad had to flee. You yeah. Know? He, they, like nobody, I don't think they ever expected that to happen. And there's America is the greatest country in history. I mean, in terms of what it's accomplished in such a short amount of time, it's a superpower. It's and there's never been this much freedom for anybody. So as Jews, we're blessed to you know have America, and as as uh, but
0: what you know, about now, like
1: even now, even now, even I mean, now with all the anti-Semitism? Yeah, yeah because I don't believe that that's that's everybody. Um, but you know it's scary what's happening and you never say never I just hope it doesn't happen but we can't take it for granted that like this has happened over and over again and the same anti-semitic tropes are just you know manifesting in different ways yeah but um, it's kind of it's kind of scary I think also as a New Yorker like it's very upsetting what's happening to this great state um, the the You know, violence and the The tension, the the crime, everything—it's just uncomfortable. People, you know, if you don't believe me, just walk the streets of Manhattan at night, Um, especially even during the day. (laughs) Yeah, well, forget about it. Just just what like De Blasio has done to this place is—I don't care if you're left or right. I don't think any—I never met anyone who likes it. This,
0: no, like I was wondering that. Like, is there anyone who likes it?
1: No, no, (laughs) and I don't want to turn this again. I don't want to turn this into something political. But um, you know, I did want to tell your listeners because some people probably heard. Um, about two months ago, um, I was working in the city, and uh, it was like my third day at a new job. I was very excited about. It's
0: actually your second day. It was That's my second okay. day. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs>
1: even. And um, I was just minding my own business, and then this, uh, guy just sucker punched me the side of my Out head, of nowhere. The back, back of my head, um, and just for no reason, and wanted to continue to fight me. I had no idea what hit me. I was, like, semi-concussed. And I actually have... I know people who got hit, you know, very shortly after. And there's one guy from our community who was also hit before for no reason. Um, and, you know, it, I was... I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I was traumatized for... like I'm still kind of traumatized. You're still but, traumatized, But for yeah. the first two weeks, I was walking around with my head on a swivel. And... Um, it was you know it's it's shocking and I wasn't wearing a yarmulke I, usually, I don't wear a yarmulke to work I wear I was wearing a cap on the street, um, but I think it was just I think there's just a lot of crazy people out there a lot of angry people out there there's the cops really feel like they can't do anything. Um, I so actually, what's the
0: point of the cops? That's- well, I went
1: to I went to a, a police officer who was like a block away and I told him what happened and he kind of like shrugged and he was just like. I was like, be honest, if I pursue something like this, I can go find the cameras on the streets and try to do something about this and he was like, They're gonna get it. he's gonna whoever did this is gonna probably get out, you know, without bail within forty eight hours. So you better it was very you're better scary. off you're better off going to like urgent care, you know, instead of going to the precinct and spending hours there. And I think there's a lot of people, like I have two other friends who were also attacked. One of them was actually You know, he broke his nose. It was the day his grandmother passed away and he was like heading home, I think. And some guy just took a swing at him for no reason. And another guy got grazed. Um, But they didn't do anything. They weren't provoking anyone. And and these are people that I know personally. So imagine how much this is happening.
0: But Ben, do you think these were anti-Semitic attacks? Because that was the first question people asked you was like, was Benji wearing a yarmulke? And I'm like, No. no, he was wearing a cap.
1: I mean, no, you do I mean, look Jewish. No, I mean, uh, no. well,
0: kind of. You can look yeah, Irish too. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't.
1: I don't think it's because I was. I look Jewish, and the guys who got attacked also. I think it's just, it's just mayhem. There are people. There are Asians getting attacked. There are Blacks getting attacked. Are, it's, right. Everybody's getting attacked. It's just. Yeah, but when an Asian American
0: gets attacked on the street, it gets. It's on the cover of the Daily News, but. Well, yeah, obviously. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's, it's a story.
1: Again, um, that's exactly why I didn't pursue it because I I didn't see the upside. Like I'm just some white Jewish guy getting attacked, and I, it it wasn't I didn't hear any anti-Semitic slurs, and it was just bizarre. And oh, after the guy punched me, this other guy, um, you know, the guy who punched me happened to be black, and this other guy came out to me who was white. Like a minute later, who was like, "Oh my God, I just saw what happened." I still had no idea what was going on. Like what did like a brick hit my head like i had no idea then the guy started attacking me and he was like you want to go whatever this and that and i just kind of shoved him away with my arm like I'm like dude i don't know what you want from me like what the heck yeah okay, i would have been
0: so scared but I,
1: I was too, i wasn't even scared i was just i was just like in shock i didn't understand what was happening because i was dazed and basically um yeah so i was just like kind of dazed and trying to gather myself and then this guy this, this white guy came out to me. He was kind of dusty looking. So I think he was like a hobo. But I really couldn't even like look at him. And he like kind of like um, just like put his arm on me. And he was like, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm like fine. Don't worry about to- it. <laughs> and then like he's like, yeah, I saw the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it, sir. I'm fine, you know. And then like and then like a minute later as I walk away, I see that I was holding a bag for work. And he like it was unzipped in the front. Like I think he was trying to like rob me. Oh God. Literally, the second I was like, "No, I'm fine. I'm fine." The the guy j- just said, "Do you have a dollar?" And I was just <laughs> oh like, God. "What is going on?" Like, I cause it's a I wasn't work, zone. I wasn't working in the city for <laughs> years. No, 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 no. I was not working. I haven't been working in the city for years. So for me, it was like, this and I feel been, like you like,
0: yeah. I don't feel like you're such a Manhattan fan to begin with, and like no. on your second day on the job, this happened. You were like, yeah. never.
1: Yeah, and it was just it was it was just very weird. So, you know, it's funny because the reaction, I wanted to talk about the reaction that a lot of people had besides the antisemitic part. Yeah. But the the orthodox Jewish response to these things Well, first
0: the first thing people said was check your mezuzah. Check your tefillin,
1: <laughs> check your mezuzah. What's going on? What's ha- Go get Ainhara, go do uh, yeah. Do this, and I'm just like
0: <laughs> People this, said this, that to me too, by the way. Which
1: is ridiculous cuz like, you know Cuz a
0: lot of things were happening at the time also.
1: Okay, but this is the way I look at it, you know. That was a great week for me in general. Like, moved into a house. That literally, like, that, that week everything was happening. Started a new job that I love.
0: We had our anniversary. Uh, ten-year
1: anniversary. But we
0: didn't celebrate it. <laughs> okay, well, obviously not then. At that week.
1: <laughs> and I'm just like, there's great things. So there's good things that happen to us and there's bad things that happen to us. Like, we, everyone likes to focus on, like, the, you know, incidents that aren't so positive. But you know, I look at it as this, when we start, and I have a problem with this, actually, I feel like people always want to blame, or not blame always, but put the onus on God, like, why did God make this happen? Why did God do this to me? I don't look at things that way. I can look at it in hindsight and say, what can I learn from this thing? What, how can I prepare myself better for this? What can I do to be, you know, more proactive or whatever? You can You can come up with ideas, but to put the onus on God, you're minimizing the evil that exists out there. And by doing that, you become a little bit out of touch with reality. And in order to prepare yourself for what's actually out there, you need to recognize that evil exists. And we as Orthodox Jews believe that when God created the world, we see that in the six days of creation, everything he creates is good. But when he creates Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava, it's they're not created good and they have to, you know, it's a choice, right? So I believe that there are evil people in this world and there are bad people, there are sick people. And, uh, we have to recognize that. And the more we try to, you know, put the onus on God, we really we're minimizing the impact of what these others are doing. responsible
0: yeah. for. Yeah. Well, I feel that, the reason why we put the onus on God all the time, is because I believe that we've been indoctrinated that everything comes from Hashem. Hashem is here. Hashem is there. Hashem is truly everywhere. From yeah, yeah. day, you know, from that's age incorrect. two.
1: That's incorrect.
0: Right. It's, so let's talk about well, that. Well,
1: it's not. I listen. I can't say that I know God obviously, but that is that's that comes. That song is an Uncle Moishi's song, and it comes from Chabad philosophy. And Chabad philosophy is a pantheistic belief system. I'll explain what that is. In short, basically that God exists within um, the the world that He created, and therefore He's bound by it in many ways. Um, and you know, the Maimonidean Rambam view is that, and the classical Jewish view is that God is transcendent. He is outside of His creation. He doesn't exist within this world. Right? This world is maybe a reflection of his wisdom. You could call it that. But he's completely separate. That's that. The word kadosh means separate. Now, Shem is separate from his world. Right? So, He's I, I compare it to a someone who builds a computer. So, if you build a The builder of the computer um, is not inside of the system. He's not the, in the motherboard. He's not in the CPU. He's not in the software or the hardware. Priced. He's outside of it. Mm-hmm. But there might be an That's artificial, a great parable, there might actually. be an artificial intelligence that he builds like a software that comes to recognize its own existence and then start looking around and say wow the system that i exist in is so sophisticated and so it's so intelligent there must be a designer or they might come to another conclusion and say i don't i find zero evidence in here in the system that i live in that there that there is I haven't met this designer that, that's in here, so those are like let's say the atheists. They they they, they don't see God in the picture, so, right? So,
0: well, how would Chabad feel about that computer?
1: <laughs> no, I'm just saying like the It's not just Chabad; it's it's mostly a Kabbalistic idea that that you know God is within. This is this is why these two points of view can cannot be reconciled. I talk, it's 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 going to be discussed a lot on my podcast, but it's we already had one epi, you know one episode that went into it a little bit. Um, and it's not something you can obviously you can't reconcile it. Um, either God is transcendent or He's imminent. Um, and within Jewish tradition, you know the classical Jewish tradition is not too. The mystical Jewish tradition, the new mystical Jewish tradition, which I don't want to get into on your podcast.
0: No, it's okay. Is, I
1: yet. Yeah, I know, but it's just not not you know, it's not something I think we can really get into in such a detail. Um, over here, because it's not really you know the point of our conversation, but I'm just giving you like a little bit of an insight into what it is. Um, yeah, so that's really the difference that God is transcendent, and we believe obviously that there is involvement of the divine in the world and this hashka pratid and all these things which are built into the creation. But that's again, that's going to be something that we're going to get into on yeah. my podcast. I
0: have so many questions yeah, already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: and and why do we bring this up?
0: We brought this up because we're going off on oh, so many things. Okay, changes. blaming,
1: blaming, right. the, uh, people want to blame God because if God is in everything, so I don't believe that God is in everything. I don't believe that God is in the Nazis forcing them to do that. And people have this mentality. They believe if it wasn't the Nazis, it would have been someone else. So, Or we, people that,
0: believe if you stubbed your toe, Ben. Like, yeah. Or every leaf that
1: falls yes, is is, every, is designed that way. Well, then there's the Hashem problem. did it
0: for a reason, and it's for yeah. the best. Th-
1: this creates more problems than solutions because this also that would mean that there's no free will. You know, how can free will exist in such a system? It just wouldn't work. Um, so then, where's
0: um, divine providence? So that's if it's so. Only stay free tuned will. for my
1: podcast. Yes. We're gonna get into that. I'm not gonna <laughs> give it exactly. all away here. <laughs> But um, you know, and it's not me. I'm I'm not. I'm no genius, and I'm I'm just I'm just a curious person, who you know I used to study those you know the, more of the mystical works, and I've come to different conclusions. And the thank God we have great rabbis in our community, who have you know educated me, yeah. uh, in this uh, direction or pushed me in this direction, and uh, I'm very grateful for that. Um, but you know, I'm still pursuing this wisdom and, uh, this knowledge, and I don't have all the answers, but thankfully I'm bringing in a lot of special guests who can enlighten us and to give us, you know, their perspective on it. Um, the usual, you know, people that you hear from, from Aish or from Chazak or these kind of organizations, that's not really my target kind of audience. And just to talk about what my podcast is, um, leading into that, um, my podcast is called Judaism Demystified.
0: Love um, the name.
1: Yeah, and um, demystified really means um, to make something that's complex simple as much as we can. That's that's really what it is. Um, and the goal of the show, the reason why I decided to do it is because my friend Bensi and I, we have a lot of these conversations. We kind of have a similar journey um, within Judaism. And, you know, we started out, he was more into the, the Chabad Hasidud and I was, you know, into Kabbalah and over time we kind of, I was a little bit into Breslov. Um, we started, we struggled with a lot of the inconsistencies and the contradictions and just the problems that we saw within that, you know, framework and we've shared a lot of, you know, books with each other and had a lot of conversations and said, let's, let's talk to the people that, you know, we're reading about, we're reading their works, let's, let's, let's actually approach them, let's see if we can talk to them and bring them on the show, because we feel like in the from world, or in the yeshiva world, these conversations are not being had, they're not, they're not, they're not occurring, um, a lot of important conversations, because maybe they're deemed as taboo topics, um, even things like, uh, you know, evolution, or, you know, um, like we just talked about pantheism versus, um, right. Right so um I I want to have I want to appeal to not to the people who are already religious I think people who are already religious will gain from it um and I think that it can definitely I think there's a lot of issues within orthodoxy that you know kind of swept under the rug I feel that the Haredi world especially um is obviously Haredi Judaism is is a new movement people don't realize that it's it's only about three hundred years old, and you know, Swarthy wearing black hats. It's just a very new phenomenon, and um, I have no issue with it. And that, in that sense, my my real issue is that um, it seems to seems that the more stringent they you get, yeah. the the further away from the secular world and you know the sciences and just dealing with the real life issues that, that I feel like that they're just trying to either suppress certain things or avoid certain things. And the Asifa convention is a perfect example. You know, how, how are you gonna, how, how is that sustainable? Like can't tell people not to use smartphones. Again, I understand what they're afraid of. They're afraid of sending their children to university because they, they, they don't have real faith in their belief system because it's not, they don't know if, if it has a leg to stand on, because once their once their children are exposed to, um, you know, the f- professor who's, you know, telling them that the Torah was written by different men and tries to give all these different, you know, they don't have of, an answer. They're just they don't even want to deal with it because I don't think they have the tools for it. And unfortunately, in the last you know few hundred years, our greatest thinkers like Albert Einstein, I mentioned it on one of my first episode of Driving My Roof, um, they they weren't religious Jews. And there's, you know, in the time of the Rambam, there were, you know, the rabbis, the great rabbis of the time, there's the golden age probably of Judaism, their works are being published to the masses, not just their religious works, but also they're influential in medicine and science and philosophy. And that's not the case anymore. It's a problem. Um, Why is that happening? So my whole thing is, I feel that the kiruv organizations, you know, they have their place. I'm not taking that away from them, but they usually appeal to us. You know, the bal Chuva that they're appealing to, it's kind of you know low hanging fruit. I don't believe that a lot of their
0: um, what do you mean by methods, that
1: methods. Well, well, a lot of their if you if you listen to the kiruv tactics that are used, a lot of it is can't be backed up with empirical evidence. A lot of it, like you're assuming people aren't gonna do their research and figure out that that's not necessarily the case um, oh listen I'm, I'm not gonna I'm gonna have an episode about that as well so I don't want to get too deep into that um, but yeah I just feel like there's a there's a big void because they're not really attracting the intelligent thinking I'm not saying people who are becoming about choose aren't intelligent of course they are yeah. a lot of them are but I'm saying that they're you're, for every you know person that they're getting, a lot of people just have to take a quote unquote leap of faith, right? Yeah, they're accepting. It's all
0: about having emunah
1: yeah, yeah, and Emunah, and all these things. If so if the, the rabbi is accepted, then I must accept it. And again, that's there's something to be said about that. I'm not to, I'm not downplaying the importance of that, but I think like what is it? Eighty percent of Jews aren't religious. Like, I think that's um, indictment on. You know, the cure of movement in a way as well, because we live in the age of information where everybody has access to the internet. And if Judaism is so compelling and so convincing, then why aren't more people becoming turned onto Judaism? If anything, the advent of you know the internet and technology has maybe made people less observant. So um, I have plenty of friends who are quote unquote off the derech, who are thoughtful people, educated philosophy majors you name it people who have a lot you know they're curious people and they probably want to be more interested in judaism but the few times they gave it a chance they maybe walked into the wrong shiur, where it was a lot of like magical right. know, thinking like magical thinking or um so i find that or, or or superstitious stuff and they find it to be like the problem is that Judaism isn't looked at anymore as a wisdom. And mm-hmm. I thought we touched on that with Rabbi Maroof. Um, I feel it like is. it
0: became more of like a hope, like a, a place where people fault, you know, go to to get hope.
1: Yeah, listen, and there's there's that's well, good. Good sense I, of I think, control. I think okay, maybe there are some people who benefit from the average person probably would benefit from, you know, that blind faith or whatever it is. I, on the second podcast we actually talked about blind faith. Faith is actually not a Jewish concept. Ooh, Benji.
0: It's not. It's not. Let's it's, get you
1: getting it's,
0: controversial. It's,
1: it's, it's not controversial. It's just that was not why. it's just not you know because faith is not mentioned anywhere. The the commandment of of uh you know the first commandment is know to them. know God. Mm-hmm. And what is knowledge of God? So we get into that in the in the second podcast. Um I'm not going to get into it now because obviously, like, I won't do it justice in in a few minutes. Again,
0: hints, hints. If you yeah. want to learn more, yeah. listen Judaism to this podcast. Judaism demystified.
1: Yes. So, um, yeah. So there is no. There so is what no is emuna?
0: What is the concept of emunah So Emuna in from, the then? Torah
1: actually means steadfast. Um, and there's no place that commands us to have emuna. I think there's Emunah Pshutah, which is like a like a simple faith. Yeah. Okay, people or blind people, faith people so not necessarily a blind faith, but you know, right, we, we keep the Torah and Asev and Ishma, we will we will do and we will listen fine. But that's you know, when you're, you're a child, you, you should have like a simple faith because what else do you have? You're not gonna understand deep concepts. But to know God is a different type of pursuit, and that's the goal of that's the first commandment. To and if and according to the Rambama, if you don't know God if you lack that, if you if you mess up on that mitzvah, you kind of everything else is not. The so, how
0: does one know God, Ben?
1: So, listen to the podcast. I'm not gonna. <laughs> okay. I'm, and there's gonna be okay, plenty okay, more in episodes. Okay, Cliff
0: Notes, one sentence.
1: Well, knowing God is not limited is not uh, restricted to Judaism only. It's about studying the world that we live in. Understanding God is also. Not just is it know, praying
0: to God, is it learning the torah?
1: it's It's all of that, but it's 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 seeking you know, not just and again, another word that I feel like people throw around, which is not a Jewish word, which is one? spirituality. yeah, spirituality. every is time
0: Jewish, I say spiritual, right? you like
1: <laughs> no, but listen it's it's kind of a it's a very vague, loose term, so I understand why people use it. But again, it's not. You no, know,
0: people say I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. I'm very spiritual, yeah, but I'm yeah. not religious.
1: Well, that yeah. Well, listen, I, I'm not here to judge, and uh, I think that I don't believe that a person, um, you know, people are more than just their beliefs, obviously. Um, but I don't even again, know what
0: that means to be spiritual.
1: Well, I think people when they say Deep- they're spiritual, they 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 they, f- they think deeply. They they're they um they're not just. They're self-reflective and all that. That's great, but that's not an. Ex- I don't believe that's an exclusively Jewish thing. There's a spiritu- spirituality. Is a Buddhist thing. Yeah, it's not really or in yoga other. or right. It's not it's right. The spirit, you know, is is uh, whatever. This is not a topic that I would yeah. I even want to get into right now because. Um, I don't want to spoil what's coming up. I have okay. a lot of shows and a lot of different people So we're excited
0: up. for the podcast. Yeah.
1: So the next podcast that's coming up actually is someone I'm very excited about. Hopefully it's uh, still on. It's um, going to be recorded um, this week. It's Professor Rabbi Professor D- Joshua Berman.
0: Yeah.
1: And what he You his, talk about him yes. all the time. And I feel like this would actually benefit the people <clears throat> who are afraid of sending their children... To you know, university because they might be exposed to certain ideas that try to dismantle the, you know, the the origins of the Torah and the authenticity and all that. So, what he does, what his specialty is, he's a Yale University graduate who specializes in biblical scholarship and uh, and combating biblical criticism. In a nutshell, biblical criticism is.
0: He's pro-biblical it's, it's, criticism no, no, no. or against no, it? No, no,
1: no. He's he's against it, but he actually is knowledgeable enough to understand why why people believe that, how the argue, what the arguments are, and how we should respond to them. It's
0: so people have
1: people need to have you know ammunition for these things. We shouldn't avoid you know all the you know the great wisdoms of the world, and 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 opening our minds up to things. You know, in the universities where we can learn, you know, trades and we can learn, you know, medicine and all that, because of out of fear of maybe being exposed to these ideas, uh, it's a sh- it's a shame. Um, yeah. So, I think my my goal is that in this uh, in that episode, that people will have a deeper appreciation for, um, you know the, for the Torah itself and for our tradition and how our tradition gives us the ammunition to fight against it the thing is a lot of people just it's not even on a lot of people's radar and i think a lot of the people you speak to friends of mine who i know who i grew up with when you speak to them they've heard of the documentary hypothesis they've heard of these things and they they actually scoff at you know oh the torah yeah but you know it was it's a man made thing it's like they 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 they're easily convinced about that and There's, they've never heard the response to that. They never heard the other side of it and why that's that can't be the case. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I feel like people we know from our community, they don't even think like that. No,
1: because we come from a traditional religious community. Yeah, like everything is. So no, we we but we're there's a certain acceptance that we already have. Exactly. We're not.
0: not, We don't question it. But we're also we're also
1: a modern community. We're not hiding from, you know, the world. Um, we we send our kids to university and all that, but for the communities that are a little bit more conservative or more to the right, they you know they should know this kind of stuff is out there, and I think it's beneficial. But I I have my friends who are less from less religious homes; they're the ones who've accepted this notion, and um, if you know, I believe that if they listen to the podcast that's what we're aiming to do at least they'll start to appreciate that the Judaism is a wisdom and it's not just you know the typical cookie cutter answers that are targeted towards a certain group of people that the cure of organizations try to you know that they, that they that they're teaching mm-hmm. um, and <clears throat> again I'm just one person Ben isn't just one person and I don't claim to be. I'm not. I'm not here to um, preach to anybody, or to even say that. Listen to me. I'm. You know, it's not that I have all the answers. But the people we're speaking to are extremely, extremely knowledgeable in the specific areas that we want to be. You know, t- uh, talking about. So I think a lot of people will be very, very pleasantly surprised. Now, the first episode was with Rabbi Maruf. And I feel like for those who are listening, most of the people who have, li- who have listened to your podcast know who Abba is. And this, the second interview was um, was Kenneth Seaskin. He's a professor from the University of Chicago. Brilliant, brilliant mind.
0: Yeah, you got good and reviews on that very one. Very
1: good feedback from people who never understood the concepts before. Just the basic concepts of what is, um, you know, the, the view of the Rambam, what is... When people use the word, I mean, for lack of a better term, rationalism. Yeah, um, you know, it gets, gets most, some heat. It gets to me, but I think most people just don't understand what it means. Yeah, um, and Cause I really, they think and, it's and,
0: devoid of quote unquote spirituality. Uh,
1: actually, the 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 quote unquote Rambamists, who follow the Rambam, a lot of them. Don't like the term rationalism because they're like he's not even a rationalist. Like that's that's a derogatory,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: term to like use. A label or, people, yeah, but... it's a label. But again, like spirituality, like 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 spirituality and faith and all these words we were talking about, they they just kind of you know they're useful terms because it takes less explaining. People just get the idea. It's it's a very vague term and it applies to a lot of different things. But, but one of the things we talked about and it ties into anti-Semitism um, that we were talking about before was. The book of Eof. That's the that's the part that Professor Seaskin finishes with. He's talking about um, what that book means to him, because it's it's very a very hard book to grapple it's with. A, it's it's a hard book. Um, I it's have a, a hard time with that. Yeah, and I think um, the way it ties into you know, under going like right now, I want to just tie this in a little bit to what's happening in what happened in Surfside. Yeah, and I'm I say happening because. It's still, still, it's still going on, and there's there's, there's still, still
0: like one hundred and twenty people yeah, missing. Yeah,
1: there's not, there's no closure. Um, a lot of people can't sit, you know, sit shiva. Sit shiva. It's really horrifying. Um, and now that one of the the other side of the building was demolished, um, it's just a very very sad, tragic situation. Um, and you know somebody told me, somebody we both know, set us. You know why should I? Why should I pray if God allows these things to happen? Yes. And my answer to that is: really, I don't have. I'm not trying to say I have the answer. To no, but
0: I'll, but I'll admit I didn't agree with this person to begin with. But well, I was angry. Yeah. I was yeah. very angry.
1: You have a right. To be I was angry. angry at God. Right, and and um, my my answer to that is: if everything, if nothing bad ever happens what reason would you have to pray as well? Like the reason why we pray is because bad things happen. And you know, Rabbi Sack says something I'm paraphrasing him. Yeah. But he said something, you know, very interesting about it was probably the best answer I've heard. Um he was talking to someone about you know, they asked him why why it was it on other podcasts why the Holocaust things like the Holocaust could happen. And again, this is like not something that we can answer. The, the Basically real answer... Why do bad
0: things happen the, to good people? But the
1: real answer is that we do not know. Because God is so beyond us. Yeah. That, and it's very clear in the Torah. There's certain things that even Moshe can't know. Right? Like, we're, we're yeah. limited. So, even he's in So America. people try to fill in the blanks. And a lot of times when you fill in the blanks, the answer is even worse than not knowing it at all. Um, so instead, we can just be humble and say, I don't know why these things happen. Again... It's Is it human corruption uh, or negligence right with who the person who built this building and didn't do you know wasn't up to code or whatever it is i I don't know I didn't do an investigation, but usually that's a lot of, that has a lot to do with it um,
0: but I find that a lot of people are saying they're not blaming God per se, but they're saying we don't know God's ways, we don't know Hashem's ways, we don't know why he does why he, what he does. But we know it's all for the best and there's a reason for it.
1: In hindsight, you can look at things like that. There's nothing wrong with taking lessons from. But the thing is when, you know, Hashem says to Moshe, um, no man can see me and live. You, can, you can't see my face. You can only see the back of my head. Which really means, in my opinion, what it means is that we don't, we don't see God's hand in things as we're experiencing it, as we're facing it. But in hindsight, looking back, the back of the head, right, where we're looking at the back of the head, we can we can start to maybe piece things together and say, oh, it could be this happened. We look at the Holocaust. How can we even justify something like that in any way? But we'll say, hey, you know what? After 2,000 years, right. you know, we got the land of Israel back. And it right. probably wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for what happened in, in the Holocaust. So again, in hindsight, yes, you can look at things like that. Um, but... I, I so my answer to her to this person was um you know why like why would you pray if everything was great you know on, and Rabbi, what, I was going to get to this what Rabbi Sack said he was saying that if we were to understand why god does things then we would have then we would have to accept
0: the the injustice. bad the
1: bad and evil in the world we would have to just accept it and if we understood it, we'd have to accept it. And if we accepted it, then we wouldn't fight against injustice. And, we need, and God wants us to fight against injustice. God wants us to make the world a better place. Yeah. He wants us to not be satisfied with the way things are and to learn from these experiences and try to make the world better. A lot of the things, a lot of technology and everything like that. If but you, the thing if is, a lot of it,
0: people don't learn from there, from the bad in the world. It just makes them maybe
1: on an individual worse, Benji. Maybe so on long. an individual level, but on on the grand in the grand scheme of things, I believe that society, whenever something very very tragic happens, a lot of times what happens is that society, you know, takes takes you know lessons from these things.
0: Um, yeah, and I feel like.
1: Well, just think of any technology, think of like the dark ages and all the, you know, the terrible plagues that, you know, people that happened to people. And we, thank God, we have, you know, medicine, modern medicine and all this stuff developed
0: because, because, of...
1: because of the problems that were existing. You know, people were living till they were like 40 years old and now people are living till they're 90 years old. It's a different, it's a different world. Do you
0: think it's because of people who are inherently good like because i know a lot of people or you see it in the movies all the time where people suffer they go through a lot of pain and suffering and they don't learn from it they don't become better people they actually become evil well, like
1: well i don't think people are like could be defined as either you're good or you're bad i think everybody right. has their good sides and their bad sides and their choices we constantly make choices about Doing what's right and what's wrong. Clearly, there's evil people in the world. Yes. Clearly, um, now that you they're brought that up, not born
0: evil. I mean, yeah.
1: Now that you brought that up, actually, I I'm noticing a trend in like pop culture that they're like romanticizing um, like evil in a way because they're yeah. showing like there's this new anti-hero. <laughs> <That was Cruella. laughs> yeah, the antihero. Um, yeah. Is like the is like the protagonists of yeah. any show and movie now?
0: Yeah, I saw Maleficent. Um, yeah. There was another movie I saw that was and you said showing the
1: Cruella one. Um, no,
0: not all the Disney movies from the past. Right. Well, they're now they're to, focusing yeah. on, like, the evil witch.
1: Well, they're trying to show that, like, you know, the reason why they're Oh, evil... even with Wicked,
0: Ben. Like, right. Wizard of Oz right. the, Wick was yeah. a huge Broadway movie. Well, was... they're
1: trying to show that, look, even though this person's evil, let's try to show you...
0: Empathy. Yeah,
1: let's try to... You need to understand what they want. To, the Joker, right? Great oh, God, movie, God. don't get me wrong. I love
0: oh, it. Oh, my God, that was amazing. And, and, and it, it was right her... before the pandemic.
1: Yeah, it makes you think, and it's actually, you know, it's good to be empathetic and... I, but, I,
0: but too much empathy, Benji, I think, can actually be harmful.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because I think there's a limit to how much we can have empathy for.
1: Well, what happens is it could distort your view of reality if you're too empathetic towards you know a group of people. Like for example, um, we could take an example from the from the Tanakh with the uh, Shlomo yes. with the uh, sorry uh, Sha'u Shaul. Shaul, yeah, and it's a long story short for those of you who don't know what happened um he had god tells him to destroy all of you know amalek and amalek has been is always a thorn in the side of uh, ancient israel but mainly the reason like it seems for us in the 21st century to be like it's so brutal killing you know men women children and cattle and whatever. what kind of commandment is this but in reality the enemy of amalek the amalek is a different kind of enemy they're the they're the enemy that attacks women, children, um, old people, sick people, the vulnerable, the weak. And the Torah is constantly, you know, reminding us to take care of the orphan, take care of the widow and the weak and give charity and all these things. So it's the antithesis of, you know, God's message. That's what Amalek is. So you got to kind of nip them in the bud, right? Um, and that's, he, he had mercy, um, um, Shaul HaMelech. He couldn't do it. He, he killed the men. He left some women alive. He left some animals alive. He left the king, Agag, yes. alive. And I, I also am empathetic towards him. First of all, he was definitely suffering... Like um, some
0: bipolar yeah, or... What,
1: something. He had some type of... Uh, mental disorder. ...disorder, um, struggling back and forth, you know, with, between his hatred for David and then... That, that's one thing. But also his tribe, um, in the story of Pilagesh Bigiva. If you guys ever, you know, study that, it's a, it's a really, like, crazy, it's probably the craziest story of all of Tanakh. I'm not going to get into that now. But long story short, I think there was, like, 600 members of Shevet Binyamin left. Like, all of Israel, all the tribes that basically waged war on Shevet Binyamin, and they were almost, there was almost, like, a genocide of the entire yeah. tribe. They were almost gone. And he comes from that tribe. So for him, maybe he felt like, you know, I don't... I don't want to... I can't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, maybe... I'm just trying to be empathetic towards him, right? Right. Uh, But what did he end up doing? He ended up having mercy on the most evil people. And eventually, he, you know... Because
0: of that. Well, he
1: murdered an entire... uh, He had a whole city of priests, of Kohanim, killed, basically because they were helping David hide. And David became his enemy. And... You know where was the justice there? Where was the mercy mm. there? So his whole perception of reality changed because he started to align himself with different with a distorted reality. So,
0: do you think this is kind of prophetic to what's going on today?
1: Well, I think it happens in many ways. Well, I think all of this on in pop culture it, it happened started happening in I think Tony Soprano on The Sopranos that was like the the show that introduced the antihero and it's very very. You know the show is brilliant um it's very raunchy um but if you can handle that i recommend uh, i'm a big tv buff and movie buff movies today aren't that great but um i think tony soprano tony soprano's character um what made it so interesting is that he's a mafia boss and he's um you see you see him from a different perspective than in past movies where you can't you don't really you're not really like you realize these people are bad people and you don't have so much sympathy for them when bad things happen to them but with him you start you feel bad for him because it's showing you like his children and his he's wife in therapy and, and he the kids. still has
0: problems yeah
1: he goes to therapy and his his kids are like you know they have problems that every kid has the 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 wife has problems that every wife has and he's battling depression because he was raised in this world um And one of the interesting things about it is that his relationship with the therapist, which is, I think, the main part of the show, is that she at some point realizes that he might not not. be changing. In fact, um, there was a study that came out on the show that they brought it up that criminals sometimes use their therapy to become better criminals to justify Mm. certain behaviors. Because
0: um, they're free getting validation. Getting and
1: validation. They're also on medication that allows them to be more, you know, less um, to feel less, mm, you know, so Like the, numb in a way. In a way, and I, again, I, I don't like spoiling things for people, so I, I don't. I have it to see more.
0: it.
1: Yeah, you haven't seen it, <laughs> and obviously, there's, any, there. there's a lot of nudity <laughs> and bad language for those of you who are not into that. So, but wow. uh, that to me, I think he, that started the whole trend. You know, there's Breaking Bad and um, all these amazing shows that, you know, I think they're the most compelling shows with are with anti-heroes.
0: Yes, um, that's right. Yeah. There are compelling characters, but do you feel like it's kind of indoctrinating us to like...
1: Yes and no. I, I think that people in general can relate to that because when you see this the original superhero or lead role... Is there somebody who's almost like, you know, perfect perfect, and, you know, like everything he does, he's, he's doing it right. Um, and he's doing it for, you know, the right reasons. And these are just like showing you the nuance of things and how everybody's like we people can relate to that because everyone has kind of a skeleton in the closet or dark side or things that they're not proud of. And on a certain level, you can relate to it um, or you can try to understand why things are the way they are. So,
0: right But then like how do we change that So like I think what we can learn from that Is that these people who are evil Why do they become evil to begin with Maybe it's the way they were raised Maybe it's because they were neglected right. um, And again that they doesn't were bullied matter or whatever it, it is It
1: matters to an extent I think it might Well it teaches we're, we're, us
0: not to do that to other people Right
1: so it, the, the hope is Is that we can learn from that hey you know what everything we say and do to other people has can have a crazy effect on their lives like yeah we need to you know be more aware that's how things happen i think the movie the joker also like he's just constantly he has mental illness already but he's being abused by society right so it gets exacerbated and um it kind of explains the it's the origin story of like how how uh how the bad guy became the bad guy
0: right and
1: I think that it's from that perspective, yes. But at the, at the same time, like,
0: but I feel like of it's por- more the institutions that need to take care of our people too. Because, like, what am I going to do with someone who is mentally unstable? Like, I feel like it's the schools and the community centers and the synagogues and the churches. Like, and first and foremost, family. Fam. Like, yeah.
1: I think I think there there is definitely an effort to try to. Your make, friends,
0: who you hang out with. I think
1: there's an effort in in, in um, education to be empathetic, but I believe that it sometimes goes a little too far. But I don't I don't want to get political, and these yeah. are very sensitive topics that yeah. like, uh, <laughs> we're not gonna. Do that. I don't I don't like I'm not passionate enough about it to even um, you know talk about it on a podcast, and it's not really like I'm I'm more interested in, in Judaism more so than politics. Um, but anyway, yeah. um, I wanted to, you know, what I wanted to tie it all into was the story of Eov. Um, and we were talking about that before. And for those of you who don't know, um, Eov is one of the books in the, in the, in the Nach, in the yeah. and Ketuvim, that is actually by our, it's referred to by our, um, sages as you know a as a non non non-factual event not an actual event that happened um, but just a parable regardless it's very very fascinating um it's a man who has it all basically and he loses it all his family in tragic in very very tragic ways and um when he's not only is his family gone and he loses all of his riches and his livestock he starts to physically get sick himself and he's in pain and the story is basically about his friends who come visit him um, and they are supposed to console him and actually what's happening is that god is basically there's a there's a, the the narrative kind of takes you away from that story and it shows you like a conversation god is having with this character called the satan the Satan, which is really in Jewish tradition, is not a separate entity from God. It's actually a it's
0: the it's, Yetzer hara. It's,
1: a hara. it's something that exists within us. But the base, just in this in this story, um, God is basically you know deciding that you know what this guy has had a good. Let's see what happens. Let's see how. Let's see how he reacts when bad things happen to him. He he could be a great guy and everything, but uh, let's test him. Now the there's it, it seems like almost like a a game that's being played like this guy didn't deserve it um it, or so it seems but the i think the main point of the story that we can learn from is and i believe that people ha- don't really learn it this way and they should um is the reaction of the friends the way they start they, they start judging him and they start saying if you're going through this much suffering it must be something that you're doing wrong it must be your sin yeah. must be your you, mu- you 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 must be some kind of deviant or doing breaking you know the commandments and they start giving all these reasons and kind of attacking him in a way and in the end of the day the point of it is that you don't know what you're talking about yeah. you don't even know the calculations of God god has his to show own So that God was
0: mad with the friends.
1: Right, but it's just we don't understand God's calculations. That's that's what I get from it. There's, you can get many lessons from this. Um, to me, that was the most you know profound thing. And I feel like today everyone wants to give a reason for whatever. oh this happened because of this and that happened because of that. When in reality we don't know, and it's okay not you to. You don't.
0: Know. You don't cover your hair. <laughs> you, you don't dress Tonua.
1: Yeah, and the Gemara brings down actually like um, there was there was a. Uh, like Eliyahu Navi, it brings out Eliyahu Navi comes to the, he's in the marketplace and, um, this, uh, forget I forget the exact yeah. per, you know person who was talking the to woman. him. The woman. No, no, I don't know if it was a woman, but whatever he, the sto- the moral of the story was, um, he was asked about the people in the, he was asking about the people in the marketplace and which one of these people are, are going to go to heaven, and basically. I don't know if he points to these two guys who are like,
0: oh, yeah, 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 jokesters. that's right. Okay, Yeah, they're like,
1: yeah. they're like kind of like goofy guys who make jokes and make people laugh. Yeah, I love this
0: he story. Was like,
1: but they're not even like religious or observant. Yeah. And like, what about that guy with the long beard, you know? And the point of it, it is, is that you don't know what kind of, um, you know, joy these people bring to people's lives when, when, they, when they make jokes. And God loves that. So like the, I think the point of that story is to show like we don't understand God's calculations. Yeah. Let's stop judging people based on what they look. Or if look they sin like differently on, than you. Right. Whatever. Everybody exactly.
0: sins, but we just sin differently from each other. Yeah, and
1: and also a lot of people like a lot of people use religion to virtue signal. Like I, yeah. I do this. I do that, and you know they they present a certain you know, kind of look like I'm the. I'm this kind of religious or that kind of religious. Yeah. So, um...
0: Exactly. I think It became all that... like, external displays of affect... Of not affection, of... External displays of Judaism. Yeah. Yeah. So... So I'm very excited, Bench, for your podcast. Yeah. I, I listened to Rabbi Maruf. I have to listen to the second episode. And I'm very excited for what you're going to bring to the table, you and Bensi.
1: Yeah, I'm excited, too. And, um, again, it's Judaism demystified or judaism.demystified we also have a youtube channel so if you, if you want to watch it on video um the beautiful part of that is um i kind of wanted to do like the obviously it's a very low budget version of it but like the way joe rogan and a lot of these podcasters do it today they cut it up into segments so a lot of people don't want to listen to hour and a half yeah like this <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly like maybe i probably, should break this down yeah well, so I, what I do is that we, you know, every question we ask is a different subject, and then we cut it up into clips. So, you know, we might talk about, with Rabbi Maruf, we talked about the Aguna crisis, and that part of, let's say, 20 minutes. And then there's another part that he talks about, like, how to, you know, proper education of children, and that's 15 minutes. So it's much easier for people who just want, you know, to listen to a specific topic.
0: Right. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, shkoyach, as they say... Or Chazak Baruch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Chazak Baruch, yeah.
0: Thanks, Ben, for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Hopefully we'll have many more, but I just have to book you like three months in advance. I don't know. You're very busy. busy. I'm very busy.
1: (laughs) I'm very hard to track down for you. (laughs) So Um. hard. All right. All right. Thanks again.
0: Good night or good morning. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to leave a review, subscribe, and feel free to reach out with feedback and questions. If you want to learn more about what I do, you can check out my Instagram page at coach.kk and check out the link in my bio. Let's connect.